Where is my P3248MB space modulator? Greetings and salutations. This is the Fact Daddy Experience. I'm your one and only host, Fact Daddy, down with the DVR podcast, and I'm going to be talking more about Stein's Gate. Fortunately, I'm not going to be able to finish in this session, but um, that's okay, because shit like that happens in life all the time. So, I don't even know exactly where to fucking begin. Jeez. It's a lot of content, but what better thing to do in life than dive right in? After all, who's going to know the outcome? I certainly won't. So, the layout, picking up from where we left off last time, is as follows. So, CERN created a global monitoring system that allowed them to obtain all information on time machines and time machine related information. And what that did was allowed them to notice the D-mail via the phone sent by Okadine in 2010 which ultimately allowed CERN to take over the world because they utilized time travel to create a dystopia whereby they manipulated all of humanity and governed the world. Suzuka, the girl who claimed to be John Titer, was part of an anti-CERN resistance movement in 2036 and she decided to stop in the year 2010 just to meet her father. She tells Okadine that if they delete the initial D-mail, CERN will fail to make the time machine and her world would be free. And it also might be the only way to save Mayuri. Now, if you remember where we left off, pretty much Mayuri was repeatedly dying even though Okadin kept making time leaps because he didn't do a certain thing to change the situation now. It gets a little crazier because Suzuka tells Makise Karisu that she's considered the mother of time machines and she's the reason, the biggest reason why CERN was able to create a time machine. And that was the uh, the reason why Suzuka was always looking at her angrily and with hatred. Because, pretty much, she's the mother of time machines. So, obviously, you come from a dystopian future, you're going to have a little haterade in your soul for the person who allowed it to happen. It's similar to when... Joe Morton in the Terminator 2 had his house shot up and was pretty much abused by John Connor and the the Terminator because he's considered the source that allowed for the 
the future events and the dystopia to evolve and occur. Anyway, they move past those things. And what they're trying to do is fix the time machine. But unfortunately, the time machine that Suzuka is currently using only can go back in time. So Okadian uses the time leap machine to go back five hours. And then he uses it again to go back 22 hours. And when he goes back the second time is when he holds a meeting, notifies everyone of what's going on, and asks Daru to fix the time machine. Now, another important thing that's at stake is that they don't have the IBN 5100 to hack into CERN systems so that they could delete the D-mail. The thing is, Mayuri notices some odd connection between Suzuka and Daru. And she starts to connect the dots in a weird way. She basically says that the only other person besides Okadian, who was the leader of a future resistance, was man known as Barrel Titor. Now, Daru is end up connected to Taru. I don't know kanji, so I don't know how that breaks down, but suffice it to say, between his name, his figure, something to do with this emblem, which pretty much was symbolic of the future gadget factory, and the fact that the name of the time machine itself was... FG and then a bunch of other stuff pretty much it was it followed Daru's system of naming the prototypes that Okadian would create so they pretty much deduced that Daru is in fact Suzuka's father he fixes the machine she goes back to 1975 and Three hours later, they get a, a message from Braun, who was the owner downstairs, when Suzuka was in 2010 and she worked for Braun. And she tells them that she failed. She went back in time and she lost her memory. She only remembered who she was a year before dying. And apparently, Braun's new world line memories coincide with that particular story because he's the one who delivered the mail and he also said he had known her and that she had housed him and, and looked after him when he had lost his job or whatever bad situation he got into and pretty much she had lived a good life she had a happy life and she had failed in her eyes and in one world line, this one anyway, she kills herself. But then, somehow, a divergence occurs. And within that divergence, she dies of a disease. But she can't seem to get her hands on the IBN 
5100 and she can't seem to accomplish her mission and she feels bad that she came back to 2010 just to meet her father so the situation gets dire Okadian can't figure out how necessarily to save Mayuri and the situation is just not looking like it's going to be abated psychologically he's taking a pounding and he has to keep dealing with all of these really obscenely insane situations where he's carrying all these memories of all these different overlapping world realities and attempting to solve this riddle of time travel in order to save Mayuri's life now Ricardi after talking to Makise Karisu she deduces that maybe they can go back and reverse things by undoing the D-mails so they have to start with the third D-mail and that would be the one where Fadi sends her message now unfortunately for Kadim he has to convince her to tell him the message and get her mother's pager number so they can send a different message oh sorry not pager number that's the next one he has to convince her to tell him the message so he, he knows what it is so he can try to convince her to undo it. Now it gets really loaded, emotional and complicated because he goes to an event where Fadis is there and there's these guys called Ray Netters and pretty much Fadis' father is a very wealthy man. So they've come to this event where she won a Moe contest and they're trying to kidnap her so that they could ransom her off. Now this becomes important later. But pretty much Okadian gets the shit beat out of him protecting her. Her father manages to arrive and save her. And then you start to find out more because before her father showed up they did a lot of running away from the Ray Netters and as they were running away and Okadian kept telling her Mayuri's in danger what did you wish for in the D-mail and she wasn't aware of it but then somehow her consciousness ended up in a place where it was overlapping in a world before and after the D-mail was sent so she she started to slowly become aware or conscious of that prior experience as he kept telling her about it and they get saved. Okadin asks her father about the IBN 5100. And her father tells him a story of how he had to sell it. Because someone kidnapped his daughter. And they wanted a ransom. And unfortunately he did not have the money. So he sold the computer to pay the ransom to get his daughter back we come to find out that Fadis wished 
for her daughter for her father to be alive because he had died 10 years prior so that was one of the reasons she didn't want to rescind the mail and it was difficult for her because she had these overlapping feelings from those two world line experiences memories and recollections from both world lines but she did accept things and she wanted to save Mayuri and also in a weird way she kind of fell in love with Okadine as far as I could tell anyway I could be wrong but she kept calling him her prince and she considered him a hero because he saved her life so she agrees and when she agrees it brings back the May Queen Moe Cafe where she and Mayuri worked and it leads him into the difficult situation of dealing with Runkaro and Runkaro if you might remember did the D-mail where they sent information to his mother's pager and this allowed him this somehow subverted and changed the mother's diet and it it somehow impacted him becoming a girl now he's very effeminate he looks like a girl almost better than a girl and that's why he wanted to be a girl and ask for that d-mail in the first place they had no idea it was going to actually work but it did so Kadeen tries to explain that Runkaro's a guy and we need to send a D-mail to the pager so that he can save Mayuri but the issue becomes Runkaro's kind of in love with Okadin and he knows that Okadin's not going to love him if he's a boy. And it's like a really weird convoluted situation, but it's also fascinating and it's done very well and it's very humane in just a portrayal because initially Unkar was heartbroken that Okadin keeps referring to her as a him and then for some strange reason she accepts that she might have been a, a, a guy and then she starts to actually have some recollections similar to what happened to Faris where the consciousness is overlapping the two world lines so she agrees to send the d-mail and give him her mother's pager number on one condition and that is, is that they go on a date now Akadi has never actually been on a date so it's humorous to see all these things and eventually Runkaro gives him her mother's pager and another d-mail is undone 
now. That's where I'm at right now. They're going to, you know, deal with the initial first D-mail. That's something that's uh, different. I don't know how that's going to play out. I'm about to... Sorry for that crappy technical difficulty situation. Anyway, so that's where I'm leaving off. Now, Arcadian is supposed to go and eliminate this final D-mail. However... And the final email, by the way, is the Lotto 6 email where he sent the message to Rukaru and, you know, the message actually went back through time, etc., etc. So, there's the issue that I think is going to come up where there was the, 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 penultimate the first the very first email that went through that they're overlooking Okadin seems to believe that the lotto six one was the first but i'm sure they'll easily deduce that it was not and that that will generate other issues and we'll see where the story goes one of the things that i really find fascinating about steins gate is this that the storytelling, the voice acting, the animation, everything is very cohesive, even though the topic and the the nature of the story itself is completely insane. One of the things that makes it really good, though, is, at least from a storytelling point of view, is that it has this ability to demonstrate that human beings are amazing in their capacity for sustaining massive amounts of suffering for example the fact that he has to watch Mayuri die repeatedly or that he's on this mission to ultimately save her even though he knows that you know she's gonna die I mean we're all gonna die but it's amazing that he can repeatedly sustain these onslaughts of suffering through multiple world lines and all these divergent realities while shifting and traveling through what we perceive as time. Because again, time is a very strange thing. When you're enjoying yourself, it goes by rapidly. When you're miserable, it goes by slowly. But ultimately, it just goes by. Which really means that you're going by and there is no such thing as time. You're just experiencing yourself. And... Sometimes your experience of yourself is overwhelming and sometimes it isn't. Anyway, I just wanted to thank everyone for being the absolute observers and listening to my shit. Um, I appreciate each and every human being who A, allows this to even be put out into the world and B, actually listens to it. I love time travel and I love Stein's Gate and I'm looking forward to finishing it and seeing where this story ends up and where it goes hopefully it'll be of the same level and excellence as erased was i really enjoyed erased and erased was a lot shorter but this has a lot of content and it still has that same awesome rhythm like one of the things i do when i watch or observe stories is the rhythm how the rhythm of the story feels is important to me. 
and that has to do with the pacing of the story and it could be high velocity but if it hits all the right rhythms then it's worthwhile anyway again I apologize for the technical difficulties for whatever reason my part one now recording it sort of dropped the thread of what I wanted to further discuss after I had wrapped up the content portion so I'm not triggered don't worry um, even though that is an awkward turn of phrase nowadays isn't it but we all have different things that push our buttons and drive us off the rails and technical difficulties is one of mine but it's not like a major one I'm relatively centered as far as that goes it's going to take a lot more of these podcasts for me to actually be good <laughs> anyway thank you for your time thank you for your patience I'll be getting out this last podcast on Steins Gate as soon as possible as long as the weather and uh, my health and other factors go well I'll be jumping right on the end of this because I am super excited to see the end of this and yes I have seen it before but it's been a very very long time so I mean not super long it's not a mega old series but it's not like new a race was far newer anyway stack daddy experience down with the dvr podcast look forward to sharing my pitiful observances with you in this static chamber that we call reality adios